Welcome to the Old Man's Podcast. Coach Trev here, and I am that old man. I wear that title as a badge of honor. But the real honor is the time that I got to spend with all those kids for decades now, and I've gotten to forge a lot of relationships as a longtime educator. It's because of all those experiences that I have stories to share with everyone. I'll warn you, I do see things a little different than most people, and that is what you'll get in this podcast, stories of the world through the observations that only an old man can come up with. And isn't that what an old guy does best, tell stories based on life experiences? If you think you fit into that group, then you're certainly going to be able to relate to this podcast. However, if you're not quite there yet, well, that's a good thing too, because my stories about my experiences can help you avoid the many pitfalls that life is going to throw at you. Don't make the same mistakes I made, is what I'm saying there. Truth is, we can both learn a little bit from each other. I know I can learn from what you know, and I think you can learn from what I have seen through the decades. On this episode of the Old Man's Podcast, I'm going to talk to you about how to enjoy a fun, happy, and really ultimate healthy weekend. I have a listener story for you on a topic that I did a few episodes ago on tolerance. The weekly pep talk topic is decisions and how they affect your life. And finally, I have some strong feelings on the Macarena dance. And maybe you will too, if you don't now, after you hear what I have to say about that. So entertainment and information coming up on this episode of the Old Man's Podcast. When I started off with this episode's tip, I didn't think of it as a health tip. But now, looking into it a little deeper, being happy and having fun really is part of being healthy. So, it's a health tip. You see, stress is not fun, and stress is not healthy. We know that. And that's why we manly men, who correctly bottle up our emotions, as a man should, need to not add to that stress by not enjoying ourselves from time to time. And in particularly, enjoying ourselves on our weekends. So for you on this episode, I have an old man's trick that I learned years ago that can lead to less stress through much more summer weekend enjoyment. Hear me out on this. 
as a homeowner, we all take pride in our lawn and our landscaping. We want our house to look good from the street. Now, if you're like me, you hate taking care of your lawn and maintaining the landscaping, but you do like it to look good. What a love-hate relationship we have with our home maintenance chores. So I'm inviting you to take a look at it from a new angle. Now, if you're like me, you've spent all winter, really more than a year during this pandemic, cooped up indoors. Now I finally get to go outside and enjoy the greatly improved weather. But, as I said, that's when the chores come into play. The grass cutting, the trimming, the flowers, the bushes, the trees, and go on and on and on with all the outdoor home maintenance that comes up to keep your home looking good. If you are taking care of all of that on the weekend, then you really aren't enjoying your weekends, are you? Let's be honest, you work hard all week. Do you not deserve to relax and enjoy the weekend? Of course you do. So here's my plan for a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of blissful happiness. And it all starts on Friday when I get home from work with a backyard happy hour. Wednesday is going to be the first day of preparation. Wednesday evening, once you get home from work, get dinner done, all that kind of stuff, you got to go to the store. Now you can stop at the store on your way home. That works too. But you got to go to the store on Wednesday. You get your barbecue supplies, whatever it is you plan on grilling. You get your drinks loaded up and your snacks. You get back from the store. You marinate the meat or begin as much preparation as you can on Wednesday. Because when you get home from work on Friday, the party begins. You're all ready to go. You don't have to put anything together. You've already done that. So that's how Friday works. It's all counting on Wednesday. Got to make that happen. The next day is Thursday. Thursday is yard work day. Folks, it doesn't get dark till 8 p.m. So just suck it up and get your yard work done on Thursday as soon as you get home from work. Even if that means eating a late dinner. Do what you got to do to get the bulk of your yard work done on Thursday. Now, of course, you can save some till the weekend, but don't get the drudgery, the, the boring stuff, the stuff you hate, like the mowing. Everybody hates mowing. So particularly the mowing, get it done on Thursday. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, what if it rains? All right, let it go. Let it go till Monday. Don't do it on the weekend. Now, the only problem with pushing it off till Monday is it's going to slide off your weekly Thursday rhythm. So adjust the height of your cut. If you can't cut on Thursday and you have to wait till Monday, you're not going to cut it quite as short because you're cutting again on Thursday. So just adjust the height and you'll get back on your Thursday rhythm. If you're taking care of your business on Thursday, you will get to enjoy the fruits of your labors over the weekend. Remember, your yard's going to look best. You cut it on Thursday, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's going to look the best it ever does. If you're cutting your grass on Saturday and Sunday, then it looks its best while you're gone to work on Monday and Tuesday. What a waste. Now, doing some things on Saturday or Sunday is not the end of the world. Putzing around, watering the flowers, that's a good thing to do. Pulling a few weeds, save yourself some stuff to do on Saturday or Sunday if your yard work is substantial. But don't do the drudgery. 
don't cut grass over the weekend. Make yourself a pledge not to do that. Save the weekend days for hanging out with friends and family, playing with the kids, or doing something that you enjoy. Believe me, Monday is a lot easier to take when you took some time off for yourself over the weekend. Oh, and by the way, make sure you download the Old Man's Podcast while you're grilling or chilling on the weekend. It's really a perfect combination. For this episode, the segment, What's on the Old Man's Mind, is going to be a listener story. But before we get to that, let me remind you to please take the time to subscribe to the podcast on your podcast delivery app. Whichever one you're using, you can go in and subscribe to it. You can even set it for automatic downloads. And that's great. If you can do that, I would be grateful. Another step that you can do that helps me a lot is to do a review or a rating. And of course, tell all your friends. Tell everybody you know. Tell them about this wonderful podcast that is entertaining and informative, the Old Man's Podcast. So I have a listener story for you from a former student athlete. He did give me permission to tell you his name, and I may or may not do that. We'll see how I ramble on this story. You remember the episode a few months ago where I talked about nicknames? Well, this young man got one of my best ones. His last name is Bear, spelled B-E-A-R, and his nickname would be Gummy. So Gummy Bear responded to my call, to my request, for some listener input. And for that, I am very grateful that he took the time to respond. He's got some great thoughts here that I want to share with you. A listener story in a response to my request for input from a recent podcast that I did about tolerance. Now, as you may recall, my point on that podcast was that we all believe we are tolerant people. Well, at least most of us do. Not too many people are going to say, yeah, this tolerant stuff, I'm not up for that. Most people will say that they believe they are a tolerant person. And most of us feel that we support those who seek justice. But I think our problem is, this is the point I was trying to make, is that human nature seems to dictate that justice and tolerance look like we, as individuals, think is just and tolerant. We are all good with justice and tolerance if it fits what we imagine those things should look like. We all want justice for ourselves and everyone else for that matter, but we always want it on our terms. Human nature leads us to what is really a limited definition of justice and a narrow scope for tolerance. Furthermore, I'll argue that we look for and embrace the things that we seem to agree with to make our own viewpoints seem more right or more correct. After all, majority rules. But regarding what determines justice and what represents tolerance, there really isn't any majority. It's all contextual. Everybody's opinion everybody's image, everybody's thoughts about what is justice and what represents tolerance is a little bit different. 
Now, I contended in that podcast that it is our life experiences that shape our views on what we see as just and how we demonstrate tolerance. So that was my spiel. And as I said, I asked for listener participation. What were your thoughts on the topic? And my request was granted by Gummy Bear. And Brian, thank you for taking the time to do this. So what I'm going to do is read to you the email that Gummy Bear sent me on the topic of justice and tolerance. Here we go. I listened to the most recent episode of your podcast. Quite an honor, as this was the very first time for me ever listening to a podcast. Because I wanted to hear the story you told at your induction. Your section on tolerance caught my attention, and since you asked for feedback, I thought I'd give you some. I do not have any well-formulated answers or responses to your question, but tolerance, other than to say that a big struggle for even the most tolerant people is managing the lines we often unconsciously draw. And he has a quick story for us. More than a decade ago, a few guys and I formed a loose group of Midwestern musical instrument makers. We get together once a year and show our work, discuss techniques, and do demos. The gatherings are open to anyone interested who can make the day trip to St. Louis. I would get emails from people who are interested and wanted more information. I looked one of the guys up on Facebook to see if he had any pictures of his instruments. To my horror, his profile was filled with Nazi symbolism and white supremacy slogans. I thought, well, I will just lose this guy's email address. That evening, I was thinking about the group and how much I had learned from them and even taught a few things myself. I'd improved my craft because I knew them. Some even became friends. What a neat thing this was to be able to share a common interest. I would never have met any of these people otherwise and frankly would not have ever hung out with any of them before our mutual hobby. I was so different from many of them, politically, spiritually, different phases of life. I was glad to not have been excluded from the group because I was whatever it is that I am. Suddenly it became clear to me that I was thinking of doing exactly that to this person. As important as I found this guy's racism, it was not fair for me to decide for the whole group to exclude him. We had members whom I knew to be fair to both political extremes, and it never entered our group. Who was I to decide a belief was going to be a problem for the group? I can only decide it is a problem for me. If his beliefs were to disrupt the group's gatherings, we should deal with it as a group. I was drawing a line of what I would not tolerate. On an intellectual level, I supported his right to have his beliefs if they do not stifle the rights of others. And I came close to stifling his rights because of my beliefs. But surely there must be lines, right? My core values say that this guy's beliefs make him a real jerk. But don't we all have the right to be a jerk and then deal with the consequences? In his case, the consequences would likely be something like us deciding not to invite him back anymore. But what if his beliefs take things further? Again, where is the line? If he is for murdering minorities, then that is an easy line to draw. In fact, society has, 
mostly agreed to draw that line. It is illegal for him to do that. Just like in my scenario, the community has agreed to what is over the line. I think we as human beings continue to redefine the lines. We as individuals also redefine our own lines. Today, it is not acceptable to smack a female colleague on the backside. To me, it seems hard to imagine that it was ever tolerated. Someone two generations older might think we were making a big deal out of nothing. Today, some people think we are too free with our tolerance, or to say it another way, too intolerant of intolerance. I do not think we will ever stop disagreeing on what society should tolerate beyond the obvious extreme examples. It is up to each of us to try to honestly examine our own intolerances and see if they match up to our core beliefs. Too often we spend that energy justifying our intolerance without first giving it honest scrutiny. So that is an awesome story of self-reflection. And he goes on to say, oh yeah, as for the Nazi guitar maker, well, it turns out there were two guys in the same town with that same name. The skinhead I found on Facebook turned out to be a completely different guy. I think what I like best about that story is how Gummy is able to really self-reflect and to intellectually think his way through decisions that he was making based on emotions. Very mature and doesn't surprise me watching Gummy the Bear grow up. I knew he was destined for greatness, which he has clearly achieved. So how about you? Well, you too can contribute a listener story to the podcast, and I would love to have a lot more. When I originally got this podcast kicked off, I really envisioned it as being much more interactive. And it's easy for you to participate. If you're using the Anchor app, it's really easy to participate. You can just leave a voicemail on there. And I'll edit it so you don't sound stupid. Trust me. If you don't want to go through that kind of trouble, but you don't mind writing me a story, as Brian did, then send me an email. It's at the old man's email at yahoo.com. I can share your ideas without saying your name. That's easy. Maybe I'll give you a nickname if you didn't have one before. So please, how about participating in the Old Man's Podcast? There's a couple of easy ways to do it. And your thoughts are just as important as anybody else's. So let's get them out there on the Old Man's Podcast. All right, people, gather around. Coach has got a pep talk for you. This episode's pep talk is coming off of a quote by the uber-successful Stephen Covey. It's a short one, but I do like it. Covey says, I am not a product of my circumstances. I am a product of my decisions. Wherever you are in this journey of life, you are where you are because of the collective decisions you have made or have not made. Whatever circumstances you were born into or that were laid upon you during your life, they do not determine who you are. I am not a product of my circumstances. I am a product of my decisions. There are countless examples of people who have overcome adversity. They go on to be amazingly successful. And there are countless examples of exactly the opposite. 
People who were seemingly given life on a silver platter only to squander it away. Your lot in life has become the way that it is because of your decisions. It is what we do with what we have. Our reactions to all of the circumstances that we face that will determine who we are. Have you made some bad decisions? For sure. We all have. And you likely will again. I mean, isn't that what life is? And that is one of the things that I've been harping on now for 48 weekly episodes. Do not fear making mistakes. It is certain that you will make mistakes. It is what comes next after the mistake that matters. We must make sure that we learn from our mistakes. The best lessons in life are often gleaned from what we learn as an outcome of our failures. I am a big believer in that axiom, and I encourage everyone to live boldly and not live in fear of what might happen, where you might go wrong, of a bad decision. Just make your decisions and live on. Deal with your circumstances and get on with it. Be in control. Really. I recently watched a team live this out live and in person. And I love sports. You know that. I've talked about it a lot. So many times the best lessons we learn can come from sports, from a simple game. This one was a baseball game, and it was competitive and closely contested. Until that is, an umpire made a decision that was, well, let's just say poorly received by the competition. That happens, doesn't it, in sports and in life? The circumstances that the other team found themselves in had been laid upon them by somebody else's decision, the umpire. The coach decided to emotionally dispute a call, and it was quite a spectacle. Of course, the fans jumped in on the negative action, and they were soon followed by what seemed like every single player on the other team. And at that point, for them, all was lost. Our opponent's struggle was not the game, it had become the circumstances that not even one of them could control. We went on from there to complete the blowout and earn a 10-run mercy killing. It shouldn't have gone down that way. It didn't have to, for sure. That team became the product of their circumstances and their decisions as they let one control the other and lost control over their fate and, eventually, the game. Let's all make sure that we don't do that in our life, that we maintain control of what we can control, and dismiss the circumstances that are out of our control. Life really is a game, and the decisions are not all that complicated. Once you realize that you are a product of all of your decisions, you will have the often sought-after wisdom of an old man. All right, let's play Engage Your Brain. This is the weekly activity we do on each and every Old Man's Podcast episode. As a reminder, 
that we need to do activities that engage our brain. Do those things daily. Once a week's not enough. Daily, find ways to engage your brain. Keep that age-related memory loss at bay. Fight it. All right, here we go. Trivia questions. That's my favorite thing to do. See how you do today. Five questions. Get all five of them right. And give yourself a gold star. First one's pretty easy. What do you know about bees? How many pairs of wings does a bee have? I guess how many wings total would be another way of asking that. Apparently they come in pairs. The correct answer for bees' wings, they have two pairs. So they have four wings all together. I guess they're tiny, so it's hard to count. Next one. What language has the most words? The language with the most words is the one I'm speaking right now, the English language. Kodiak Island is in what U.S. state? Do you know where you would be if you were on Kodiak Island? The answer is Alaska. You'd be in Alaska on Kodiak Island. Question four. Which scientist was awarded the 1921 Nobel Prize in Physics? Hint, he was the one that was used as the pep talk quote in last week's episode. And the answer is Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein was awarded the 1921 Nobel Prize in Physics. All right, here's your last one, your last chance to get one right or or an opportunity to run the table. Number five, this is a hard one. What nationality was Marco Polo? If you were thinking he was Italian, you're gonna be wrong. Well, he was born and raised and from what is now Italy, but then there was no Italy. This is before Italy was a country and it was a bunch of city-states. So what nationality was Marco Polo? He was Venetian. He was from the Italian city-state of Venice. Okay, and might be nitpicking, but hey, if you're going to get five out of five, you got to earn it. And that's Engage Your Brain for this week. Folks, make sure you're doing it every day. It's fun, too. Find something fun to do. Crossword puzzles, playing card games with with people, uh, board games, things like that that engage your brain. Find ways to do it. It's easy, it's fun, and it'll keep that age-related memory loss away from you as long as possible. Engage your brain. funny thing happened to me the other day. I went to a baseball game and the Macarena came on the public address system. And at that time I noticed who it was that was actually dancing to the Macarena. It was women. Pretty much every gal who was, let's say they had received their complimentary AARP Association membership invitation sometime in the past but not necessarily the recent past. That's who was dancing. Let me ask you, is it a stretch to say that if you're dancing the Macarena at a baseball game, you qualify for old? 
Now all you kids are saying, hell yes. Well, this is a judgment-free podcast, but it did get me thinking about certain, shall we say, behaviors that are applicable to old people, if not exclusively, but at least mostly old people things. So yes, you might actually be old if you dance to the Macarena at a baseball game. So I thought about some other things that you might be old if you do. I just want to run them by you, see what you think. The first one that came to my mind is commenting on gas prices. Making a hobby out of commenting on the price of gas, you might be old if you're doing that. If the last thing you remember after waking up in your chair is the wheel of fortune, you're probably an old person. When you go out for dinner with friends and one of the group is looking at or asking about the lunch special, yeah, you're probably qualifying as old. Recently, I saw a guy wearing what could only be described as pink pants. An old guy, like myself. At that time, I thought, Mm, pastels probably shouldn't be a part of your wardrobe. I know there are staples of wardrobes on really only two groups of people. Those under the age of six and those over 60. The same thing's true about footwear. Sketchers, for example. Now, people that work on your feet, back off. I'm not talking about a work shoe. I'm talking about a leisure shoe. If your wardrobe and your footwear can be compared to that of a six-year-old, you're probably an old person. This one drives people crazy, and I am guilty as charged. If this makes me old, I'm just going to continue to do it. Leaving voicemails. Apparently, nobody does that anymore. I do pretty much every day, and it drives kids crazy. And I will continue to leave voicemails, even if it's just to drive kids crazy. That's reason enough for me. I think this is a characteristic trait of old people. I know I'm guilty of this one here, being obsessive about the weather. Let me first fall on the sword and say, yes, I am absolutely obsessive about weather. But in my defense, my job is mostly weather dependent and I ride a motorcycle. So I can defend myself a little bit there, but I know I'm still over the top. So yes, old people are obsessive about weather. Guilty is charged. I think here's one that a lot of us old people will uh, have to be a cope on, right? Old people are not only still using one of the earliest social media platforms, but we are enthusiastic users. And that, of course, is Facebook. Whether it's photos of the kids or grandkids, links to news stories that really aren't news, uh, the memes, we're going to put the memes up there, We just can't get enough of Facebook. That's a characteristic trait of old people. Again, guilty as charged. I'm not making apologies. Ignoring GPS. I don't even know why I use it. I put it on. I listen to it. I argue with it. It's giving me the wrong directions. I have a love-hate relationship with my GPS. Do you? I'll I'll admit that's something I do. And that's, that's an old person thing. Caring more about checking their mail than their email. I do care more about what's in the mailbox, like the one out by the street, than my email. I just can't get away from email. 
the world is killing me with email. I'd rather go open the mailbox and have a ton of junk mail than all the stupid email I get. Uh, apologies to those of you that have been sending me emails. I love your emails. Writing in cursive. I just do it by nature. I, I can't write so anybody can read it anyway. My printing's abhorrent. It's horrible. So what difference does it make? I might as well write in cursive. If you're writing in cursive, you're not a young person. That's for sure. Here's something that the kids use. It's FOMO, F-O-M-O, all caps when they text it. It means fear of missing out. If you don't have FOMO on Saturday night, then you're not a young person. If you're not afraid of what you're missing because you're sitting at home on a Saturday night, you might qualify for an old person. And you remember the times when you were younger, you were constantly worried about what you were gonna do with your friends on a Saturday night. You didn't wanna miss anything. And now you're the exact opposite. You don't even care what anybody else is doing. That might qualify for old. If you're using an actual wall calendar, and I do, I even have one in my book bag that I carry around with me, a little pocket calendar. I've got a couple of them on the wall and one in my book bag. I'm not going to apologize. Calendars are important. I'm not using my phone for that. But that makes me old, and that's okay with me. And finally, I don't do this, but I know a lot of people do, and they're not young. Writing checks at the grocery store. If you're writing a check at the grocery store, you're not going to be a young person. And that's a little list I got that kind of uh, demonstrates the difference between a young person and an old person. Now, of course, all these points were meant to be, you know, comedic observations. When does someone become old? Well, that's a good question. And it's one that everyone is going to ask eventually. This much I do know, there is no one answer that applies to everyone in terms of what makes old. We are all individually the product of our life experiences and heading down the road that a lifetime of decisions has led us to. What is next? What is the rest of my trip going to be like? Well, that's the fun, the mystery of life. I guess my advice is, don't worry about becoming old, whatever that might be. Have a sense of humor, smile, enjoy the ride. No matter where you are on that journey right now, you cannot possibly know what the future will bring. Make the most of the present. Live young, be bold, and of course, always listen to the Old Man's Podcast. sound means the old man has got to go. That's what I got for you on this week's episode. I hope you found it informative and entertaining. Please pass it on to people that you know. Hey, follow me on Facebook, if you will. I've got a Facebook page called The Old Man's Podcast. Find that Facebook page and like it. I'm on Instagram as The Old Man's Adventures and on Twitter, The Old Man Tweet One. It's kind of a weird Twitter, but that's all I could get. Everything else was taken. How many old people are there out in the world? A lot of them. Folks, be safe out there and come back for next week's podcast. And in the meantime, live 
love, and play boldly. Get off my grass, damn kids.